Hello and welcome to another edition of the Orange and Blue Review. I'm Charlie Hatch and joined by Alex Deck and FC Cincinnati are winners, like Jeff Birding would say. It's been a, it's been a minute. Feels good. It has been a minute. It has been uh, since last September. But FC Cincinnati pick up their first win and the MLS is back tournament against Atlanta United 1-0 last week. Alex, obviously you were at the match. Just What was the emotions like surrounding the full-time whistle? I mean, it was really exciting, especially after Frankie's goal, to see everyone kind of leap off the bench and get excited. You know, everyone is so thrilled for him for his first MLS goal, a big, big moment for him. And then um, I think after the match ended, like it was, there was a lot of stoppage time, right? I think it was like 12 yeah, minutes 10, or something. 10, 12 minutes, yeah. So you're, everyone's checking their, you know, watches, like, come on, when's this thing ending? This is nuts. And um, so it's been, it was really exciting to see everyone high-fiving, hugging each other. You know, I, I got a photo of Gerard Nijkamp hugging Yapstam, like just these moments where, I think people got a little lost in the fact that it was Frankie's first goal that, you know, FCC had won. They were still kind of wrapped up in what had happened in the Columbus match. But this is exactly what we preached last week about showing patience, believing in the system, and, and it will pay off. So to just recognize that this was Yap Stom's first win and, you know, only his, his second game with the club. So that's really, really exciting for him. And, of course, uh, his, his birthday the next day. So what a birthday <laughs> present. Great three points. No, for sure. I mean, like you mentioned it, the fact that FC Cincinnati's obviously been through a lot, had multiple coaching changes since the last time they win. To see them play, not necessarily the most exciting soccer, but to get the job done, to beat a good Atlanta side in difficult conditions, early 9 a.m. kickoff. Again, they grinded it out, and that's exactly what you want to see. So credit to the team, credit to Yopstam, getting a nice result, nice result, and a nice response, rather, after mm -hmm. that Columbus game. And you're able to shift forward a little bit. But another thing, too, there's so many people around this club that, you know, it's, it's always match week and it's always, you know, game day regardless of what's happening. So it's a big credit to the people who are working behind the scenes that don't get a lot of attention. And you got to catch up with a few of our people. It's Teddy Kerr and AK, Andrew Cobb, uh, the equipment managers. We're going to have that interview soon. But what was that like? It was great chatting with them. They're such fun, positive guys. You know, I see them every day. I feel like a lot of times they're running around crazy like me. You know, I just pass them in the hallway and they're loading up the bus before training and they do so much that's unrecognized. And we talk about how it's it's kind of a thankless job at times. So I, I wanted some more dirt from these guys, like who wears <laughs> lucky underwear, all the crazy fun stuff you wonder. But no, it was, it was awesome chatting with them and getting their insight to what a day in the life is like for them. And what goes into their job and, and how much we appreciate them. Yeah, for sure. So here's a quick message from our partners and we'll jump right into it. However you're connecting at home, make sure you're doing it at the speed of fiber. With the only fiber network in town, Cincinnati Bell gives you the fastest internet with speeds up to a gig, the bandwidth you need to support all your devices at once, and whole home Wi-Fi to keep your whole home connected. That means your entire household can work, learn, listen, stream, game, Binge watch and browse from anywhere in the house, all at the same time without buffering or delays. Cincinnati Bell, powered by fiber to power your connected life. Welcome into our interview segment of the Orange and Blue Review. Alex Deck joined by two very special guests today down in the bubble in Orlando at the MLS's back tournament. I have our two equipment managers, Andrew Kolb, Teddy Kerr. How are you guys doing today? 
Yeah, we're doing all right today. Yeah, yeah. getting ready for training later tonight, but uh, surviving the bubble. Yeah, no complaints from the bubble here. No, nothing, nothing so far. Life is good. <laughs> <laughs> it's been almost well about three weeks. How challenging has it been down here for you guys? How different is it from um, how things normally operate in Cincinnati? Um, to be honest, for us, um, I'll let Teddy speak his opinion, but for, for me personally, it's just been kind of an extension of a preseason trip. Uh, we were lucky enough to go through two trips already this season, uh, both to Florida and Arizona, um, before starting the regular season. So uh, when this was in the works, we we really knew that we already had everything really in stock. So it was just packing up again for another uh, longer preseason edition uh, and taking the show back on the road. So. Um, instead of flying with everything on the plane, we uh, rented a big uh, shipping pod, um, sent that down, uh, and really once we got down, we we hit the floor running. Um, we had everything ready for that first training day, and uh, we've been rolling ever since. Yeah, AK pretty much said it all. I think uh, one of the more difficult things that we've had to deal with is the shorter setup time at yeah. trainings, the locker room for games anything with that and then also working with the hotel directly with laundry you know hitting pickup and drop off times is a little more challenging especially if trainings go over or anything like that always uh working on the fly but that's what we're good at so real quick question about the pod so this this whole shipping container was sent down ahead of time what was the uh the strangest thing that got sent down in the pod because pretty much everyone was told hey whatever you you don't need to pack and take with you right now you can ship it down jack stern's rowing machine for <laughs> sure yeah i think that that tops it off but other than that and you know 30 40 cases of extra water anything else we need it weights for austin and gaz's gym sessions you know us lifting 100 pound weights aren't the easiest but it's a it, it's for a good show. Hopefully you guys got some help with that. Yeah, Alex Villasanti did a great job helping. Marshall was there. Definitely. I, I saw them carrying cases of body armor, so those guys are <laughs> pretty strong. Pretty strong. So for our listeners, um, take me through a, a normal day in Cincinnati. So uh, a training day versus a match day, but what is a normal day like for you guys? So really, um, we kind of worked... We work actually really well as a team. Um, I'll, I'll normally show up to MHTC around uh, 6 or 6.30 for a 10.30 training. Um, and then Teddy's not very far behind me. Uh, mostly everything's passed out the night before, so it's really just getting things last minute that the guys will need, whether that's socks, bras, for the GPS units. Um, and then we actually have it pretty set up. Um, I'll let Teddy explain what he does, but I'm normally in with the guys. Um, I've built a pretty good relationship with all of them. Um, I know what they need for the training, what they'll need for trips, and I'm in there just making sure everything's set for them. Uh, we normally get a little bit of breakfast before we head out, out to the field. Uh, we run training for about an hour and a half, two hours, and then it's just back inside. Um, it, if it's a training week solely, we'll just be doing laundry and prepping for that next day, but then maybe we're printing kits, we're getting ready for the trip. Uh, we pack as much as we can in advance just so we're not in a cluster coming mm -hmm. coming down the road, but uh, but we really have a great system where I might stay a little bit later one day, but then Teddy stays late the next day. So it's really nice having uh, two people you can trust like that to uh, to make sure everything's ready for the guys and the coaches when they get in. Yeah, definitely a great partnership. Goes back to the USL days when we started working together. So it's been a long time in the making, and it's been been fun watching each other grow in this. Um, as AK said, he is the one 
inside with the guys more likely in the morning Mm -hmm. and I'll be heading out to the field getting the field set with the coaches or setting up what I can getting all the equipment out whatever's needed for the day mannequins franks all the cones poles all the balls everything like that so just making sure the coaches have what they need when they get out there to help set up training and going from there how, how strict are some of the coaches on their, their cone lines? How straight the cone lines need to be? I, I think everybody's realized that cones are pretty hard to lay in a straight line. But yes. over a couple of years of practice, you get pretty good at it. And you know, working with a couple of the coaches for a longer period of time, you get to know what they like and how they like their setup. Even if uh, they don't tell you or show you exactly what it is, you know, you can say boxes or this drill and you kind of know the setup by yeah. now and you can help set it and just try to make their life as easy as possible along with the players. So you guys are kind of skimming over these training sessions, just talking about what you have to set it up, but I feel like you're underplaying what goes into the actual session. You guys are coming off the field completely drenched. You're hustling, running around the entire time. How many how many steps on average is a, a training session for you guys? Well, Flor- Florida in itself is just brutal <laughs> in, in another nutshell, but... Uh, yeah, trainings, uh, typically, we don't really stop from the time we get there till we leave. Um, like you said, we're shagging balls. Like, we really don't like it if there's more than two balls and a goal at a time. Uh, we just like getting everything ready for the coaches uh, and making sure there's smooth transitions. If a drill ends, uh, we're picking up cones right away, just making it sure it looks like professional on the field. But uh, in regards to steps, uh, I'm averaging about 20, 21,000 steps a day. Yeah, def- definitely uh, upping the counts and steps during yeah this trip along with getting things from the pod to the field in a shorter amount of time. But also back home, like AK said, really making sure training runs smoothly. You know, if we're using the same field the whole day, making sure drills aren't on top of each other. And if they are, being able to move the one drill off, the other drill starting right away, mm-hmm. getting balls to where they're started. Uh, we have a great grounds crew back home with that, you know, Robbie leading it and being able to use the second grass field during uh, the training, you know, having two fields for a training makes our life a lot easier. We mm-hmm. can have one drill on one field and kind of switch fields and have a little bit of time to go back and pick up. So definitely uh, training facilities made our life a bit easier, but definitely a lot of, a lot of running around still. Yeah, I feel like it's it's much more challenging here in Florida where you can't just run into the, the building and grab whatever equipment you need. It's bringing everything with you that, that you need for the training session. Plus, the thunderstorms don't help. That's how, how much of a wrench has that you know thrown into things for training sessions where you have to adjust on the fly because you're only allotted a certain amount certain amount of time for a session. Yeah, it's pretty uh, it's nerve wracking actually. Like I think it was the first day we've been knock on wood really lucky with weather down here for training sessions. Um, that f- one of that first week there was a really bad storm and I stayed behind and I've never seen the downpour like that like <laughs> in person and being out in it. But no, we've been really lucky. So. Uh, but yeah, we've had like lightning delays and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely adds a, a bit of stress into it because you just, like Teddy said, you set that field up pretty quick and you don't really want to have to do it again. Right, <laughs> right. A quick teardown is never fun, especially after a long training session, but tearing it down and then setting it back up within the hour is uh, it's pretty tough. So like AK said, very lucky that we've had pretty decent weather down here during our trainings, not too many lightning delays, but yeah, just moving through it is 
what we do. So you talk about the, the training sessions, the, the delays with that. I'm curious how it was from your perspective the first match against Columbus. <laughs> We're all in the meal room getting ready for the game, about to leave on the bus in 30 minutes or so, and all of a sudden there's delays and our game gets delayed because of the double header and all of a sudden we're, we're kicking off at 11 20 at night not to mention that we sat on the bus in the parking lot at the hotel and we just weren't allowed to leave for a while but um i feel like you guys were were flying through the locker room which mind you is, is not even really a locker room it's like a pop-up trailer it's yeah. super tight in there shiz and i are trying to navigate and get some pictures and videos as you guys are hanging stuff up and not getting your way um, how how much of a challenge was that? Was that like a, a record setup of the locker room? That was, I think, the quickest that it's been done. Um, when that first was announced, uh, I thought it was a joke. <laughs> um, I was really upset with myself because I told myself I wouldn't have coffee that day, and uh, oh, no. it ended up really biting me in the butt. But <laughs> but yeah, uh, we have such a good system. Like I can't reiterate enough how how well we work together. Uh, we just had it set out beforehand that. Uh, we packed things into the hotel. Um, we have a system down here where the guys show up dressed. But I mean, with that being said, like I'll let Teddy expand on it. But it was it was quite a show, and I'm sure the people at ESPN got a good laugh with the uh, locker room camera. Yeah, definitely, it's a little bit tougher with the quick setup. You know, the regulations of us only being allowed there 45 minutes to an hour before the team right. really cuts down on our typical three plus hours before the team, right. you know, we can usually take some time, turn on the tunes, enjoy the setup. But as AK was saying, we really tried to prepare for it by packing, you know, everything in certain bags. We knew exactly where it was, being able to pull it out really quick and make the locker room look as presentable as possible in that short amount of time. And definitely the second game was a little bit smoother. I don't know if it wasn't, if it was because it was, you know, earlier in the day and mm -hmm bit more awake but the 11:30 kickoff or whatever it was was pretty big shock especially when we first got the news that we might be kicking off at midnight you know all the kit guys in uh in the league are pretty good friends we all go through the same things at different times with you know different staff but texting the columbus guy when we first heard the news we were <laughs> we were all in the same boat so i mean we do what we have to and try to get the job done so not to, to put anyone on, on blast here, but you guys know the players really, really well. Who has some really strange requests for the kind of things that they need for a session or a game? And like, who's very particular about things? Just just kind of to get these guys' personalities on a, an equipment side of things. I think um, just in general, goalkeepers are a little bit more particular. Just mm -hmm. the amount of equipment they have, gloves, you know the amount of boots the goalkeepers also like wearing studs more than the normal guys just because goal mouths are usually a bit softer okay so just knowing the goalkeepers routines and being able to deal with that but all the guys have their little quirks or anything that you want to say you know guys in the past have wanted jolly ranchers on the sideline or anything like that so everybody has what they need for game day and it's our job to have them focus on the game and just get them exactly what they need without them thinking or knowing that they need it before they ask. I don't think there's anything too crazy this year. Uh, you can share for your yeah, stories. Gutman has a couple pairs of things that he likes to wear, which isn't anything crazy. But last year, uh, Seattle, I missed the first goal. Uh, I was running back inside to get something for an athlete. 
and I came back out and I, I there was just a weird vibe. I was like, what did I miss? And I think it was Matt Schisler turned around. And he's like, dude, Bertoni just hit a banger. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, like amazing, but I missed it. And then uh, I think it was New York City NYCFC last year. Uh, I had to make a sprint across Yankee Stadium. To get into the locker room to get Spencer some gum. So, some gum. What, some what gum. flavor gum? I think I got him some mint gum. Some <laughs> just some mint gum. Yeah, and expanding on that, it's uh, guys like different things for different kits, which is kind of funny. You know, okay. um, the shorts are the same shorts for each kit, besides the liner in one of them. And uh, some of the guys like to change sizes on us. You know, the day before the game, <laughs> or you know, at the game, which down here is a bit more challenging. Back right. home. You know, we have access to use the heat press, get them a new pair of shorts or whatever they need then. But down here, it definitely needs a little bit more time to prep. Maybe feeling a little bloated that day or something. They need a bigger pair of shorts. Got to look good on camera. <laughs> so you said Jolly Ranchers? Some of you guys like Jolly Ranchers. Yeah, that's uh, our good friend Alvis Powell from Miami. You know, it's <laughs> something he loved. Always yeah. uh, that, that was more medical staff for sure, but I think... AK and I would always have a couple in our pocket in case he looked over and needed a little boost in the game. Is it more demanding for you guys with the extra water breaks down here? Or about the same? Uh, it's, for us, it's about the same. Yeah. yeah. It's it's pretty pretty similar. And like AK said, you do, uh, you do kind of miss some big moments. Like, I know I missed uh, some things down here by turning around, trying to get something out. Subs are coming in, and all of a sudden, we're on a break, and Frankie's hitting a banger. So, yeah. I feel you on that. I was uploading pictures to the group back home when that <laughs> happened. So, yeah, we, we all miss those exciting moments. And then staff games. I mean, there was one recently. Who is who's an excellent player? What does this mean for you guys? Do you get to, you know, at least participate? Oh, we, we for sure participate. The, uh, the crazy thing is uh, you're looking at this staff team. One roster has a former defender of the world year. Uh, you got Hunter, who's pretty pretty good in his own right in MLS. Uh, you got Yoan. You got Jack. Um, just am I who am I, sorry, I'm missing? Uh, Saeed, Austin. Austin. Austin's yeah. a pretty solid player. You know, fun working with him. Going a lot of from defenders, a, though. Yeah, yeah. Going, going from a player to a coach. Seeing that transition, but you know. yeah, these games they get pretty uh, pretty competitive and. Uh, I've been trucked a few times, um, but I would like to throw out to Gerard that I do have four goals and four assists in two games. So wow. if we need a couple of extra minutes, you know where to find me. That's a stat line. So that's where the, the goals are coming from is you. Yeah. That, no, Teddy, Teddy adds a few in. Okay. AK is a secret weapon for sure. And uh, I think that one of the best moments of the staff game was RPT Jason just getting uh, plowed down by Yop. That was... It made us all smile and just uh, told Jason to get back in the gym. <laughs> so last, last but not least, what do you guys get to do in your free time? I know you know you talked about the hours that you work. It's I feel like a very it can be a thankless job at times. You guys bust your butts, long long hours. You do things that a lot of people wouldn't be comfortable doing or would you know they they want to be thanked they want to get credit but oftentimes it goes under the radar and you guys do an incredible job um do you get to enjoy yourselves for you know even even a couple hours at, at a time or um how do you spend your free time and and do you feel like there is a reward in this job yeah i mean that's a really great way to put it um 
the hardest thing is like after some of these matches like they obviously don't always go the way that you're thinking um but people don't necessarily realize how much time and effort everyone is putting in um behind the scenes to uh to get us to this point and we are putting in the hard work like we're we're making those strides and um we're hoping like the best is yet to come still um the hours are are brutal um obviously like i just got married in december and i think i've seen my soccer family more than my my wife um but yeah we do have fun uh we still have fun when we travel uh we have a group that we go out with um we'll try to explore new things in each city um while trying to catch up on some sleep but to be honest the most rewarding thing is is like even after the the game against atlanta you're going through that line and just hugging guys and and just the emotions that are there is those relationships you build. Uh, everyone becomes your second family here. Um, so honestly, that's the most rewarding thing for me. If you're if you're seeing things about me or Teddy, uh, we did something wrong. So we prefer to be that under the radar. Uh, we'll hide in the shadows, you know. That that's what we're supposed to do, and that's what we like to do. You know, not be seen is, as AK said, good. But you hit the nail right on the head when saying. You know, those moments where you win, the family comes together, everything like that is great, you know. But downtime on the road is uh, you want to catch up on sleep, but also that's, you know, that's your weekend. You know, you're gone for a weekend. You try to see a new place and you have an hour or two and you could go to the hotel room and lay in bed or you can try to pop out and try to see something new in a city you haven't been to before. So definitely privileges like that are awesome and easy to easy to miss up on but yeah it's really important to try to enjoy the moments you have when you're uh when you're not working well i hope you guys do feel appreciated you are as as much a part of this team as the highest goal scorer on on this team you know i think that this team could not be successful without you guys and i was thinking about it on on a day off where, you know, since we've been been down here, I haven't had a day off. And I thought about that one day, okay, what can I do as much as possible the day before, the day after, so that I can actually take some some downtime. And I thought, gosh, Teddy and AK still have to do laundry today. Like this is, there is not a day (laughs) off for you guys. And so I want you to know that I appreciate you and I know everyone else does. Oh, we appreciate that. But yeah, we we wouldn't change it for anything. just being with everyone and uh, with the family, that's what it's all about. Yeah, really, you know, this is what we love to do, and I think this is what we were meant to do, you know, work in sports and being around the team and just working in the game you love. You take a privilege in that, and it's something you really have to enjoy to do, but I think AK and I both love it, so it's good to know. Well, thank you guys for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. I hope all of you back home enjoyed this interview listening in. Of course, you guys should should follow them on social media. I mean, they're, they're part-time models at these training sessions as well. I don't know if you noticed. We're working on uh, sponsorship deals. <laughs> well, if we can help at all, let us know. But thank you guys so much. Appreciate the time. Thank you. Thanks, guys. I feel that a lot of our patients are defined by their diagnosis. So being able to talk to them and know that they're valuable no matter what their diagnosis is. We know that they're fighting this fight and that they deserve to be here just as much as anybody else. Help save lives. Become an organ, eye, and tissue donor today at lifepassiton.org.
Welcome back to the Orange and Blue Review. We just wrapped up the interview segment with the equipment staff. It's pretty remarkable. Some of the stuff made me laugh, especially the the games that they have, the staff games with the op. That's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was I was a little salty. You know, I really wanted to play, but I still haven't gotten like full clearance of returning to play. So I left, but it was it's awesome to hear that, you know, they give Yap a hard time on the field when they get to go out there and play with him. But yeah, I mean, how these guys are able to um, finagle things or if they have a lightning delay or something like what happened the other night with, with the game being delayed, they're setting up in a trailer. I mean, it's unbelievable what they're able to accomplish and make sure. I loved how Teddy talked about realizing what the players need before they realize yes. they need it. So I thought that was great, and and it cracked me up. You know, we talked about this a little bit. Um, the last game, the the blood shorts for Frankie, I was, like, running from the locker room full go with just a pair of shorts that AK had, like, washed in a sink or something. So he had shorts that didn't have blood on them in the game. And that's one thing. So I'm like, oh, my gosh. It, it just gives you such a greater appreciation for all the effort and work that these guys put in. And they're just great guys. No, they are for sure. It made me laugh too. Last year, I remember I had to buy a Twix for Victor Yoa because he ate them before games. I'm like, man, I feel like I really contributed. But then they talk about all the other stuff, the Jolly Ranchers. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it really is fascinating. But Amazing. So switching off of that, obviously, FC Cincinnati have another match coming up Wednesday night against the New York Red Bulls. When you're in, you advance to the next round, you draw, things get a little bit different. Obviously, a loss that adds a shakeup to it as well. Uh, what are you thinking of just entering this last group stage match? I feel good. I thought it was um, interesting how the Red Bulls didn't really change up their lineup from the first game from Atlanta. They were successful, and then they played against Columbus. And these games are only five days apart. And you look at Chris Armis's comments after the game, and he talks about how he doesn't think fitness is an issue. He didn't think that lineup changes were necessary because of how fit his team is, how much rest these guys have. And maybe that is the case, but – I don't know. I feel like in these conditions, um, you kind of do have to rotate the lineup. So I'm going to be interested to see if New York does make some changes this time around. Um, I think there is definitely the potential to beat them. You look at them playing in a 4-4-2. Everyone knows that they like to press. Um, but when they're in that mid-block, there's spaces. You can play through the midfield. You saw Columbus did a lot. They played through or over the midfield. So if FC Cincinnati can be patient once again, like they were against Atlanta, it'll be interesting to see what um, system Yap wants to play in this time. Is it more defensive minded? Do you absorb the pressure early on because you know New York is going to be throwing that at you? Kind of absorb it, see how the game plays out, and then go. Um, so whether he plays a 5-3-2 or a 4-3-3, we'll see. I think you know there will be some lineup rotation. Fortunately, you have some of the guys that were hurt back in the lineup for FCC. So Greg Garza, Alan Cruz. Um, seam is still questionable, but but you get some guys back, so that's exciting. But I do think that it, it is a good opportunity for FCC to get three points, get a result, but for sure you know both teams are going to be battling, looking to move forward in this tournament, have to get a draw or, or a win to move on. So both teams are going to be pushing hard. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's interesting mentioning just their squad rotation in New York. What does Yop do? I mean, like you mentioned, there's people that can come in, but then we saw the three mid midfield with Caleb Stanko, Harrison Dooney, and Frankie Maya played really well against Atlanta. Yeah. Do you keep that? Do you bring in Alan Cruz? I mean, there's a lot he has to think about. Obviously, that's not our task to come up with, but I agree with you. I think Cincinnati has obviously has the potential to beat them. We saw Cincinnati play much better in the second half against the Red Bulls the first time they mm-hmm. played. 
some of the players are a little bit different, but the opportunity is there. And Yacht mentioned this talking to the media, you know, he's only had three games with these guys. So if he can add another match to it, that helps him out. That makes him understand his players. They can understand the tactics he wants. And we'll see if that'll end up happening. Absolutely. And you have Joseph Claudio who didn't get to play against the Red Bulls earlier this season. He was suspended with a red card coming off of the 2019 season. So I know he's eager to play against them. I thought he was really, really, um, he, he kind of changed the game for yes. FCC uh, against Atlanta. I thought he was super dynamic, making runs in behind, created a lot of chances. And you mentioned that midfield trio. I was super impressed with Frankie Amaya's defensive work. I think that goes unnoticed sometimes, the amount of tackles he makes, um, the, the effort that he makes going back, you know, tracking guys down. And Caleb Stanko, I thought that was one of his better performances for the Orange and Blue as well. So to see guys stepping up um, in the roles where they're called upon, even Chemislav Titan, I was thrilled for him to, to get, <laughs> you know, the first shutout out of 2020. So um, it'll be interesting to see how the game plays out. Finally, a normal kickoff time for these guys at 8 o'clock prime time on ESPN. But I, I'm looking forward to that, too. The late training sessions leading up to it, they've been long days, but I think it'll be worth it. So the guys are prepared for kickoff. For sure. You're mentioning who's going to step up. We'll have to wait and see again. FC Cincinnati play against the New York Red Bulls on Wednesday night, 8 p.m., a normal kickoff time. Hopefully no thunderstorms. Not jinxing it at all. Fingers crossed. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We'll have more moving forward. Again, you can always listen on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Thank you so much, Alex. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you guys later. See ya.